All right. We are going to start today the One Million by One Million podcast, speaking with Semyon Dukash of One Way Ventures. Welcome, Semyon. Thanks for having me. So let's start by introducing our audience to you. Tell us about your investing focus. How big is the fund? What kind of investments, what size investments do you make? What kind of investments do you make? Let's get to know one another. Sure. Well, we are a seed fund uh, based in Boston, and we focus on backing uh, great immigrant entrepreneurs, so founders uh, that have gone through a personal immigration experience, one that was formative to who they are. Okay. And how big is the fund? Uh, we are targeting $15 million for the first fund. Uh, our first closing was $16 million. Okay. And have you already started making investments? Yeah, we've made several investments already. Uh, we just we just had our first closing November first. What is uh, uh, what size investments do you make? We typically start with a three hundred thousand dollar check right now. And how do you uh, peg the stage in which you like to invest? Or, and and uh, let's be quite precise here because we are right now facing um, a a seed stage investment. Climate where uh, there are, you know, some five six hundred micro VCs that are investing through the entire spectrum from pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre-series A, etc. So, how, where in that continuum do you fit? So we tend to uh, lead uh, in Boston pre-seed uh, as first money and uh, often pre-launch. Um, in addition, uh, and, and we will reserve some capital and, and follow on into uh, the seed round and, and a little bit into the A, and that's kind of our concentrated seed part of our portfolio. But in addition, we are also following other VCs where there are immigrants that are a little bit more high-profile or well-known anywhere in the world, and those can be seed A, even some series B. But uh, our check sizes are still fairly small, so this is not ownership-centric. It's a, it's in those cases, we we end up with a small uh, ownership position in the company. Okay. Now, uh, what about industry sector? What do you like to? Where is the expertise? What what's your sweet spot of the fund? Uh, it's broadly technology investing. So B two B, B two C, everything. Yes, everything. Yeah. And uh, only Boston, yes. Prior to starting this fund, my partner and I ran the Techstars Accelerator in Boston, and so our portfolio there has been quite broad. It's one of the uh, more general programs uh, in Techstars as opposed to their vertically focused programs. And okay. prior to that, I had about uh, 15 years of full-time angel experience, uh, also focused here and also very broad in terms of technology, not biotech, but any kind of tech. And okay. so... Based on that, we've we've decided to focus on immigrant founders and not on a particular vertical. Okay. Now, um, you said you've already made a bunch of investments from this fund. Can you talk yeah, about some yeah. of the highlights of uh, what you've invested in? And and it's in particular, as you call out specific portfolio companies, could you also talk through? What is it about that particular investment that's convinced you? So what we're trying to do here is understand how you think about investments. 
Yeah, um, I think it's probably a little bit premature, given that we just got started. It's probably a little early for us to, to talk about uh, investments out of this fund. In particular, the ones the ones we're leading haven't yet announced uh, those rounds. Um, there are some that we participated in, I guess, that were announced. Well, one, one was Love Pop Cards. Um, that was one uh, that just announced a, a Series A, uh, $12 million Series A that we, we had a small part of. Um, let's see, was there another one that's announced? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's just a little okay, early. We literally just started writing a check. Let me re-ask the question. But Based if you look on the kind of things that you... Yeah, uh, I can certainly call out companies uh, in our portfolio or testers or my angel portfolio uh, pr prior to okay. the specific fund um, that have immigrant founders. There's, you know, there's been a number of uh, interesting, interesting businesses that we funded. Um, in fact, I would say that before we had this immigrant focus, it's still over half of our investments have still been into immigrants, and I think seven out of my eight top angel portfolio companies had immigrant founders without us you know, having that focus in the past. Um, so what so I'm trying for? to understand, hold on one second, I'm trying to understand a bit more of your thinking in terms of what kinds of you know, other parameters kick in gear in your investment evaluation besides immigrant fund founders. If you could help me, you know, well, of explore course. that dimension. There, there, there are many other parameters and all of them have to do with the founders. So aside from being immigrants, right, we're looking for uh, the same stuff that most VCs look for, like strong decision makers, bold people with a big vision, big dreams, who are persistent, who won't give up easily, who are smart, who are analytical, who make good decisions, right, who can inspire others to follow them. That's a really important one. Who, who have the ability to either build what they want to build or to get other people to build what they want to build for them. Um, people who also listen a little bit, right? People who are aware of, of, of the realities of the world and who, who can balance grand dreams with, with practical implementation. Um, so it's all about the team for us. I mean, there's certainly some areas we understand better than others. And I would say in our investment so far, there has been a lot of machine learning, for instance. Um, there's been some IoT uh, sensors. There's uh, there's certain themes that do come up, but we're not looking for the theme. We're looking for the best possible founders. And uh, are you looking to, to invest in unicorns? Yes, we are looking to. We like. I mean, not the specific concept is a little exaggerated, right? But yes, we are looking to end up with investments in large disruptive businesses that make a big impact on the world. And so, uh, for we're not one of these small funds uh, that is trying to um, come in at low valuations and have smaller exits. Uh, like most funds, uh, we are looking for companies that will be worth uh, billions of dollars. And what else can you tell us besides, you know, generic founder-related traits? What else can you tell us about, you know, what what is interesting about your fund? Well, it's, it's a unique fund in that we're specifically targeting immigrants. And uh, the value add that's differentiated is that we're, we're building a network uh, between these people who have a shared identity. We're encouraging our immigrant founders to expand their notion of who they are 
uh, and get away from this binary choice of their ethnic background or their new country of destination, and instead actually give them the power to consider themselves to be immigrants in general. So that, for instance, a, a Bulgarian founder in Boston uh, can feel some kinship with, with an Indian founder in Boston and, so to speak, join the, the Indian mafia to the extent that it exists. Um, there, but you know, power. to be fair, in Silicon Valley, a very large majority of the founders are immigrant founders. Well, to, to be fair, uh, that is not true for the large majority of the VC-backed startups. 25% of the VC deals in Silicon Valley have immigrant founders, yet 50% of the unicorns have indeed immigrant founders. So it's not the vast majority. It's half the uh, outliers and a quarter of the initial VC rounds. Um, so, yes, Silicon Valley, I would say, all else being equal, the VCs are friendly towards immigrants. They do want to invest in immigrants. They do believe that immigrants are disproportionately likely to build, build big successes. But a fund like ours, and there is at least one other fund in Silicon Valley that has a similar focus, but a fund like ours um, that only includes immigrant founders in their portfolio, if we succeed in expanding the identity of our founders, then the network between our portfolio founders will be much stronger because because just having the same VCs invest in your companies does not make you best friends with somebody, right? You don't have anything in common with them. However, if everyone in your portfolio not only has this identity in common of being an immigrant founder, right, but has it in common at a time where there's real antipathy and dislike uh, in the country as a whole towards immigrants, and those people who dislike immigrants, they don't care what specific country you're from. You're just a foreigner. You're an outsider. You're threatening them. That's how they think, right? So at a time like that, it's a really wonderful time for us to unite people together from different backgrounds and to convince our Israeli founders and Indian founders and Russian founders uh, to think of themselves more broadly, uh, to identify themselves with other immigrants instead of with, with America or with their home country, right? And therefore to be more helpful to each other and to create a network effect where over time we're able to, to win stronger and stronger deals, not only because of our personal reputations, which is how we're winning the stronger deals in the beginning, right? But ultimately uh, by uh, having a stronger network of portfolio founders who actually have something in common. That's the So let's uh, double click down into your immigrant deal flow. Are there uh, particular trends in different immigrant communities like you know we obviously because of what we do we our community is full of foreigners and we mm -hmm. you know it's not, we, we're not even limited to american companies so we have a tremendous international network we are you know nowadays we even see um, entrepreneurs coming from africa and so forth into our um, community so we have you know we have our own version of uh, perspective, but we are not only looking at venture-style companies. We also work with a lot of bootstrapped entrepreneurs. But in the in this uh, portfolio of companies or deal flow that is seeking venture capital, are there trends that you're seeing in various different immigrant communities, different countries? Trends. I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, so are what are there things that the you know Israelis that are are working on certain kinds of companies, Indians are already working on certain kinds of companies, Bulgarians are working on certain kinds of companies. Is there are there any such you know 
Sure. Okay. Well, I would say that the Indian and Israeli immigrant communities in the U.S. are unique in that those are probably the only two that have some semblance of a critical mass, where mm -hmm. you might actually argue that it is to a founder's advantage to be from India versus not Very India. much so. Right. And especially there's, there's in Silicon Valley, Indian founders dominate a lot of conversations. Right. Especially in Silicon Valley, one could argue that being a non-Indian founder in Silicon Valley is actually being a disadvantaged group, right? Like, <laughs> that I mean, would be going a bit far, far, but not bad. Well, that, that might be going a bit far, but um, that's the difference. Other immigrant communities do not have such a critical mass. So it, there's no that's advantage right. whatsoever to being a Russian founder in Silicon Valley. In fact, there's a lot of prejudice and disadvantages, right? But there's no special advantage yeah. because the community doesn't have a critical mass. So what we're that's doing right. with our fund, right, by encouraging our founders to expand their identity, how they who they think they are, right? In that way, we essentially enable them together to create the most powerful group in the world, which is immigrant founders. Great. That's a much Great. more powerful group than Indian immigrant founders. So, so like, now let me re-ask the question in the context of non-Indian and non-Israeli founders. So, uh, you know, are you seeing deal flow from France? Because, I, I mean, I, I we also talk to a lot of European investors, and one of the things I'm hearing from the European investors is that there is a, you know, there is a real optimism, and I go to uh, France often, so there's a real optimism right now in France. Um, you know, Paris is the story of 2017, as one of the investors based in London quoted uh, recently to me. Um, what, what, what are you seeing? Where, where are the big pockets of immigrant founders that you are encountering oh, outside I of the Indian and Israeli? So you, you, you have the impression, you, you're guessing, I understand, you, you're thinking that, uh, for, for instance, for us, it would be um, that they're targeting like French people in America specifically, and so if people are better off building a business in France, then there's going to be fewer. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just asking what trends are you seeing in, in non-Indian, non-Israeli communities, immigrant communities? You know, what kinds of business are people working on? Cultures have biases. You know, India benefits from the fact that there's been a very long IT industry. There's a very big pool of IT, um, you know, services and, and even more recently uh, outsourced uh, offshore operations of product companies that have been based in India. So there's a very large trained workforce out of India, and a large portion of that has, is here as well. So, so there's the, the bridge has developed over a 20-30 year period. But um, like, let's say the Italians. The Italians have a completely different style of entrepreneurship. The Italians have been successful in luxury fashion. The French have been successful in luxury fashion. So that kind I, of I don't disagree with you. Uh, Everything you're saying is true, but we just don't think in those terms. You know, we look at every founder as an individual, and we're looking for extraordinary people with big dreams who want to change the world. We don't care where they come from. We like the immigrant experience because it frees them from the default of just being loyal to whatever group they grew up in. They're thinking bigger, right? And they've, they've gone through this uh, transition uh, of finding how to communicate in a different culture where they don't understand the rules, and they still get to a point where they can build their own business. That gives them a big advantage over people who haven't gone through that experience. Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, there's more fashion companies in Italy than there are in India, and there's all sorts of other things that are true on average. But uh, we, you know, we really just uh, look at the most amazing founders we can find who happen to have had this immigration experience behind them, and we help them build, build businesses. Right now, 
my partner and I are both based in Boston, and that makes us naturally gravitate towards immigrants from other countries to the U.S. Uh, however, uh, as an angel, I invested quite a bit in Europe and in other places. And um, looking forward, we intend to, to create a larger funds with, with many partners. And we want to back immigrants from anywhere to anywhere. We want to back people who leave the United States and move to Paris because they, they love the lifestyle and the food and are wanting to build a business over there. That will be just as interesting to us over the long term as a French founder who moves to Boston or San Francisco. Where are you from originally? I was born in Russia. And we were, we were and, refugees and, from the Soviet Union in 1979. And are and you... I, um, are you well connected into the Russian technology uh, startup network today? I don't have any particular uh, ties. I mean, I was only 10 years old when I left the Soviet Union, so uh, I'm not that close uh, specifically with the startup scene in Russia. Also, just the political scene in Russia is so awful at the moment that uh, yeah. it's, it's a difficult area to work with. But uh, I, I happen to have a lot of connections to Ukraine, which is where a lot of people speak Russian still. So I, I use mm -hmm. my language sometimes in that way. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think I, I've had uh, at least five or six angel investments in Kiev. And my partner, who is from Brazil, um, actually spent several years living in Ukraine, which is where I met her. And mm -hmm. um, so between the two of us, that's you know, the Eastern Europe is an area of focus for sure. Uh, yeah. And certainly, you know, Berlin is interesting, and and Brazil is interesting, and India is extremely interesting to us. So we we are thinking globally from day one. When we ran a Texas program, we had a lot of companies from Europe um, in the program in Boston um, and from other places, but especially from Europe. Um, so it's ultimately very much going to be a global fund. In fact, I would say that we're almost certainly going to expand outside the U.S before we add any more uh, presence in the U.S. outside Boston. So before going to even New York, we're going to be in, in maybe Berlin or India or Kiev. So this, uh, from this current fund, you, the charter of the fund allows you to invest outside of the U.S.? Yes, uh, it does allow us to invest outside the U.S. Uh, until we raise uh, significantly larger funds and have more partners. I think we're going to, mm -hmm. we're just not going to have the bandwidth to do a lot of that. But okay. uh, to the extent we already have relationships, uh, we haven't already. We've made one investment in a company that is in Kiev already so okay. in the first month. So yes, we can in fact do that. I can just give you some, just just a sense. Like as an angel, I made probably about 150 investments altogether, and yeah. uh, before before I took over the Techstars, you know, the managing director of Boston. And, which, and in Techstars, it was another 50 or so. But uh, as an angel, I would say at least uh, two-thirds of all the companies I've ever backed were in Boston. I've been here since I went to grad school at MIT in, in 1990, so I've been here 27 years. And mm -hmm. um, this is my strongest uh, ecosystem. But I have investments in, in Berlin. I have investments in, in the different places in Europe. And, um, and I have about at least 12 or 15 maybe 15 in San Francisco, in the Bay, well, Silicon Valley in San Francisco. And, of course, some of some of the best outcomes do, do tend to concentrate over there without a doubt. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the uh, you know, bridge with us is interesting because, uh, as you can imagine, our community is full of immigrants or foreigners uh, who are not even immigrants, um, who are basically doing things in different places in all over the world. So... Uh, 
So I think it's it's uh, helpful for our community to get familiar with what your thinking is in terms of supporting immigrant founders and, and international founders in general. So I think our uh, our communities would uh, would be uh, appealing for you to uh, you know pay attention to. For sure, of course. All right. Well, uh, good good to uh, learn about your interests, and uh, we will keep in touch. Uh, entrepreneurs who are listening to the show, thank you for coming today, and uh, please stop by at one of our free roundtables that happen every week. Go to the website, 1mby1m.com, and register on the free public roundtables page, and these are working sessions. You can bring your business. We'll work on it together and strategize, and uh, we will see you at one of those sessions. Thanks for coming. Bye.